Thank you so much for having us. This is so lovely and it's so lovely. Thank you to Hannah and Joel and Alia for coming up with me as well and chauffeuring me up as well. It's just brilliant to be with you all. I don't think I've been for quite a while actually, so it's amazing to see. I think there's more of you since when I last came. Um, and I, what I really, I was really pleased when uh, Gordon asked me to speak on this because it's pr like probably a bit of a favourite subject and a bit of a love-hate subject as well. And, uh, and I think what's amazing is because it's so good to worship God, isn't it? And we kind of like have these glory moments on a Sunday morning and then you read the Bible and it says something like, offer hospitality and you're like, uh-oh, right, okay, this is where someone prayed about God can cope with the mess. He's big enough to cope with the mess. And uh, Jesus is always so real and he asks us to get real, doesn't he? So I think that's why it's a, it's a brilliant subject to talk about. And Gordon's asked me, to be real, I hope that's what you meant, and uh, he said, can you tell some stories, and you know, so I, I am going to tell a few stories, and it's not because I want to talk about myself, but it's hopefully you can learn from my mistakes, <laughs> and uh, just learn from what we've done over the years, um, and, and so just to start with, when Gordon asked me to talk about hospitality, it was so funny, because I'm not kidding you, but that week... I, I don't think I've told you, Gordon and Natalie, I literally prayed and knew that God was convicting me that I needed to get back in the hospitality game because we'd got stuck in a rut. And um, what had happened, like you all know, we'd just had lockdown and obviously you can't, you couldn't really, well you could in some ways, but lockdown, it just changed everything, didn't it? And um, we used to love, so I'm, I don't know, obviously not, you don't all know me, but I'm married, I've got three children who are now like older teenagers. And we've always loved having people over, we've loved having people in and out of our home, but then everything changed in lockdown. Uh, the children have all kind of transitioned into a new phase, they've gone from that kind of cute little phase where they love having people over, it's all got a little bit more, you know, chat, you know, they're not, they've got opinions now, let's put it like that. Um, their timetable's all over the place, money felt a bit tighter, we were getting older, we were more tired, uh, lockdown took it out of us, I was weary, um, I didn't have as much grace for the mess that comes from having people over, and also, bizarrely, I'd lost my confidence, I wasn't so confident with knocking up a shepherd's pie anymore, I think when I hadn't been like cooking for people, I thought, oh, so I just had this whole list of excuses, our house felt a bit scruffier, why I didn't want to have people over and we were just stuck in a rut and I felt like I'd, I think I'd actually said to God I know we need to get back into hospitality and I can't do it help and then Gordon messaged and said would you come and talk about hospitality and um, I just felt wow I was so grateful so thank you Gordon and I think just going through it again and thinking about well why do we do it what do we do it for has really you know that whole process is just and over the last few weeks I feel like we're gearing up to it again and it's been wonderful um, and what I think is so exciting about hospitality is um, that really it is the heart of the gospel. I mean, there's all sorts of like long theological words, isn't there, about the gospel? Sanctification. I can't think of any others at the moment. Give me a few. I don't know. <laughs> That's the only one I know. Presubstantiation and all the rest of it. Um, and there's all sorts of long and complicated reasons about why Jesus has done what he's done. But I was thinking about, and I was thinking, basically, God's asked us, he said to us, I want to be your friend, and Jesus said, I'm preparing a place for you in heaven, and I'm calling you my friend, and I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And Jesus died on the cross so that we could be his friend, 
and we could be restored to relationship. And then he said, when you die, you're going to come and be with me in heaven in my father's house. I think that's right, isn't it? That's what all those long words are basically summing up, you know? Like, it's about friendship, restoration, and taking us home. And um, that's what hospitality is. And I know you've been doing it, so I'm not really going to go through the theology and all the rest of it. That's right, isn't it? You've been, I, hope, I hope you've all been looking at all that. Yeah, but it's just that's what hospitality is. Jesus says, I call you friends, and he wants us to be friends with strangers. And, um, and it's so important that if you look through what's, what does God say he needs a leader to be, in the list of that is he wants you to be hospitable. Oh, should that go on? He wants us to be hospitable. And then even funnier, there's like two lists, isn't there? This is what you need to do if you want to be a leader in the church. Do all this stuff and be hospitable. And then I don't know if you ever noticed, there's a list about how to, which widows to help. In, widows that are poor and don't have much money. Which ones should the church help? I mean, this is in another context, in another world, you know, world. Which ones should you help? It says, you should help the ones that are being hospitable. I'm like, can you imagine that on the benefits forms these days? If you kind of like filling out a list for benefits, is this person being hospitable? That's how important it is to God because it's so close to his heart. And I was thinking about when you think of all the times of Jesus in the gospel, he was basically in and out of people's homes all the time, wasn't he? It was about homes and where he went. And so it's such an important thing. And um, so I stand here today with a bit of a, I suppose, an inheritance of hospitality over my life. And I'm just so grateful for that. And as I started getting this talk ready, I was just thanking God and saying, thank you so much for the amount of people that have invested hospitality into me, our family and friends. That means that I am where I am today. So my uh, mum, let me get this right. My mum's mum, so my grandma, when she was in her 30s, this is in the 1940s, she had five children and her husband died in his 30s uh, of cancer and she was left with five children under the age of nine without, you know, obviously without money, without support and yet she had all the excuses not to show hospitality and yet she was one of these women that every day, when, every, every Sunday when she went to church she would prepare extra food, lay an extra place and the memory was that she would always have people in and out of her house even with five children to look after and you know not much money on the, and everything else. So I'm just so grateful and she modelled that to my mum and then that became you know their pattern whereas you know I'm sure my dad won't mind me saying his family were not kind of following Jesus and didn't have that at all he was actually told don't bring anyone home <laughs> that was his hat you know that's such like <laughs> doesn't sound but they were actually really nice people you know I like my dad and granddad but that was their mentality it was a completely different man- mentality this is our house we don't really want people to mess it up we don't have the money don't bring anyone home so that was his mentality thankfully when they got married Jesus was the ruler of their house and they wanted to do what Jesus said. So my parents were always incredibly hospitable and I'm so grateful for that because as a kid, sometimes you get fed up, don't you? Like, oh, why are we going those people over? Why don't you talk to me? I want to do what I want to do kind of thing. But overall, my arching memory is I'm so grateful because we had so much fun. So many, our interactions with so many people have been blessed because of their hospitality. But it's, I was just telling you that a little bit of history because it comes up... Um, with my own story just one funny story about their hospitality was they had they they showed um they had this like guy who had been in prison and it was a scheme where you could take people in and help people that needed to get out of prison and come they could come and stay with you and see how they do in the community so when I was seven 
they had this guy come and stay for, I don't know, a month or something. And now I'm like, what were they thinking? Having like, <laughs> when I was seven and my brother was eight or whatever. And my memory of that was asking this guy and he, watching him doing his little roll-up ciggies, can I try one of them? <laughs> so I don't think my parents knew. And thankfully he said no. So that was it. But that was the kind of home they had. You know, anyone could come in, whether it was neighbours, friends, family, whatever, people from church. So I'm so grateful for the, the inheritance that my parents um, have given me, and not just them, but friends and other people in the church. But what I'm thinking about, what I was thinking about when I was looking at this, is if it's so good, if Jesus was always doing it, why is it so hard? And why does it say in the Bible, in 1 Peter 4, we're told, remember to do hospitality without grumbling. I don't know if you know that verse. Why did he have to tell us that? If it's all so glory, glory, why do we need to be reminded to do it without grumbling? And I think the reason for me, uh, which I hopefully unpack a little bit with some of these stories, um, was because when we offer hospitality, we are getting to the heart. We are making ourselves vulnerable. There is nothing like inviting someone into your home. It's all very well to be on your best behaviour for two hours on a Sunday morning or for an evening, but when you have people in your home... They really do what, know what's going on, and it taps into everything. Um, it exposes who we really are. And, uh, and, but that's what Jesus wants to do, isn't it? That's what happened when people went to Jesus and said, I want to follow you. I want part of this glory. I want part of seeing your kingdom come. And then he'd say, right, we'll go and sell everything you have. Or, you know, he kind of, he knows how to get right into who we are, because that's who he's interested in, who we really are, not just whether we can come and put on a good show on a Sunday, because he wants to come into our home as well. That's the most amazing thing. He wants to come into our home and he wants to know us. So um, when I was thinking about this topic, God showed me something from the story of David and Goliath. And I feel like I'm going off tangent here, but you have to stick with me here, okay? So we know the story of David and Goliath. David was one of the Israelites. They were facing this huge army and there was this huge giant... And he was threatening them all. And the rest of the army of the Israelites were like, no, he's too big. We can't fight him. David was a shepherd boy. He comes along and says, I can fight Goliath. Well, he didn't say I can fight Goliath. He says, who dares defy the Lord of heaven's armies? We're going to conquer Goliath. And he steps up and he goes to fight Goliath the giant. But what happens is Saul, the king, brings along all his armor and says, Oh, let me help you. I'm going to put on my big, I don't know, whatever the armour is, breastplate and shield and all the rest of it. And so David kind of comes out and he's all basically like dressed up in all the armour that isn't his. He's not used to it. He's not being himself because he knew God, if you know the story of David, he knew God from his own intimate times with God looking after sheep. And he knew that God would protect the sheep and he knew God from those times of worship. So David knew God. And he knew what he could do and who he was. But other people tried to put their armour and their weapons on him. Does that make sense? You see where I'm going with that? Yeah. And I felt like God saying to me, what can happen as Christians is we know who God's made us. We know what our strengths are. And sometimes we can look around us or other people can try and put their stuff on us. Does Does this make sense? I hope you see where I'm going here. And he's kind of begun to show me that what I've done with hospitality is kind of compare myself and try to put on what other people, what's worked for other people. what Because there's nothing wrong with armour, and David used armour and weapons in another time. But in that instance, he needed to be who he knew he was before God. 
and he was putting it on. And I think with hospitality, what I found is that it's where I can get in my most of a muddle because I'm trying to be like put on the other people's armour. And I wonder if that's where we, why we have to be reminded to do it without grumbling because we all do that a little bit. I don't know. You might not. I don't know. But maybe this is where I'm going with where we're going. And so let me explain what I mean. When, when we were younger, um, when me and my husband were younger and we had young kids, as I say, we knew we wanted people to come in. We knew God wanted us to have people in our home. We knew that was how the church was built. You know, like I'd seen my family do it. I'd seen other people around me do it. You need to have people home. The Bible says have people home. We wanted to have people home. We like people. Don't get me wrong. We liked people. We wanted to have them in our home because it was fun. But I was trying to do it how I'd seen other people do it. And so it was the area where I got my knickers most in the knot. Let's put it like that. The pressure of rushing home from church to get the dinner on, rushing around the house to get cleaned up, get the house cleaned up, rushing around before visitors came, squawking at the kids. You know, I can literally remember it. Sit there, don't move, don't make a mess. I'm going to, you know, like it was such a pressure. Like, I want the house to look nice. I want the food to be nice. I want everyone to feel welcome. And it's sort of dressed up, isn't it? Like, we want to make people feel loved. So we're going to make the house look really nice. And then it just kind of gets into this crazy thing. And my funniest memory was we had this other couple coming from another church. And I so wanted everything to be perfect. I was literally down on my hands and knees, sweeping the kitchen and we had this trolley thing with this big heavy china pot on and as I was sweeping it the next thing I knew I saw stars this fruit pot had fallen on my head and I've never had it before or since I literally saw stars and nearly knocked myself out in my panic and had to go and lie down upstairs on the bed for half an hour so these visitors came and I missed half of the visit because I was nearly unconscious and why all because I literally and I remember being so uptight panicking about what the house looked like Um, And that was only replicated time and time again. I've got another little funny funny memory. We had a a visiting prophet, Keith Hazel. I don't know if some of you might have heard of him. And he was one of these people that is known in the churches. And, you you know, when you feel like you have someone like that coming to your house, you feel like everybody's got to be on best behaviour. The food's got to be good. The house has got to look good. And so I remember everything was lined up. You know, we've done it all. Children, mm, 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 sit there, behave, just look good, okay? And you just want everything to go good. He was one of those people that spoke in tongues all the time. I don't know if you know those people. Like, not just at church, when we were sitting down waiting for our shepherd's pie, it's always shepherd's pie in our house. He started to speak. In, it didn't start. He just always, from the minute he, he was just under his breath speaking in tongues. I don't know if you've, you know, which is great. And then suddenly my daughter, who was probably about seven at the time, pipes up. When you speak like that, you sound like Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> Except you're not slimy. <laughs> I was like, oh my word, I can't believe you just said that. So embarrassed, but it was funny. Okay. Um, so, but what I'm, these were the funny moments, you know, nearly killing yourself. Um, than having people say funny things like that. But what I'm trying to get at is, I don't know if I can explain to you the tension in my head and in my heart and the times that Adam... This is the, the silly thing. The times that Adam and I would nearly come to blows because I was getting so upset about people coming into our house. And then we would have these conversations. 
make, I'm sure you, anyone that's married will understand those conversations. And I can just look back and think, God must have been sitting on his throne, although I'm sure he, you know, he's not really up there, is he? He's around here. But looking down and thinking, what on earth are you on? You have completely missed the point, girl. This is about loving other people, and you are completely off theme. Um, but thankfully, he didn't, like, give up on us. Um, what I was needing to learn was that I was trying to be something I couldn't keep up. I was, my mum was a fantastic cook. She still is a fantastic cook. She's 81 and she can cook the pants off me. Seriously, she's amazing. She does it all so effortlessly, but she was trained. She's a trained chef. So of course she's going to be a good cook. And then other friends as well who have immaculate big houses and who like cooking. I don't really like cooking. I think that's what I'm just thankfully beginning to realise. I don't like it really. Um, even a couple of weeks ago, we were going to have, we wanted to have some, we've got new people at our church, wanted to get to know them. And I actually found, I said to Adam, let's have all these people over. And then I suddenly realised I didn't have any time to make a cake. And I said to Adam, I don't think we can have them anymore. I haven't got time to make a cake. And he said, why don't we just buy a cake? And I was like, I don't want to buy a cake. I don't like shop cake. I want to make a cake. And I want to be one of those people, I don't think I actually said it, but in my head, I want to be one of those people that makes a cake and looks really good because they can make a cake. And then I suddenly, thankfully, the Holy Spirit or just must have stopped me and was like, Susie, are you serious? So you're saying it's more important than you look like one of those people. Actually, what this is about is it's supposed to be about love. It's supposed to be about people coming into your house. Those people don't give a stuff whether you've made a cake, bought a cake, stolen a cake. They just want to know that you are welcoming them, that they're important to you, and that they're in your house. They don't care what sort of cake. And if you're more worried about making a cake, then you're more worried about yourself than you are about them. And thankfully, the Holy Spirit bought me on the head then and showed me that. But it's taken me so long to learn that. And the reason... Um, well, I don't know what the reason is for taking so long to learn that. I'm just obviously a slow learner. But um, I just felt like God is just showing me that. And I think with lockdown, that's why it was so hard to get back into it. Because when lockdown happened and then we didn't have to have people over, what a relief. We were, <laughs> just being honest, it was so peaceful. And then I think it was like, ah, oh, and that's why it's been hard to get back to it. Because it's the thought of going back to all that cycle of stress and tension and having people over and the pressure and the pressure... So I'm learning, actually, we want to have the people over. God says, have the people over. God says, open up your homes. But he never said it has to be perfect. Literally, just one more funny story. I'm sorry, this because you know David and Trish, don't you? We had them and their family over once. Beautiful family, beautiful kids. Again, trying to get it all together. And when I made shepherd's pie, honestly, we sometimes do eat something else. But shepherd's pie, it was again. And... I served up one bit of shepherd's and they had grown up kids so everyone had their wits about them they could all see what was going on I pulled out this bit of shepherd's pie and as I lifted it up this long hair and of course none of my kids are gracious enough to be quiet and say don't worry mum I'll have that bit they all squawk oh that's disgusting look at that piece this long hair comes out with it so of course being the you know gracious host I'm like don't worry I'll have that bit and put that on the sorry everybody Right, let me try again. You won't believe it. I scooped out another piece. 
and it happens again. Another long hair came out. Oh, it was so disgusting. And I didn't know to give the second piece to, so I just had to like. Trisha's so lovely, isn't she? She didn't care. She was like, oh, don't worry. They were all fine, but that's the sort of thing. It was just this constant cycle of chaos and messing up. So that's what I'm just being very honest about, about God tapping into, well, what's it all about, Susie? Is it about you getting it all right, or is it about you actually making people feel welcome? Right, oh my goodness, spoken for ages, haven't I? We've got, sorry. I just want to tell you about this proverb that I've only recently discovered, and it is this. When there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. I don't know if you know that one. When there are no oxen, this is from Proverbs 14, verse 4. When there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. And basically it's saying that if you've got a stable or a farm and a... you're going to have an ox in there, it's going to make a mess in your stable. But if you don't have an ox in there, you're not going to get any crops because they're the ones that help you pull the crops in. Well, they don't now, do they? It's tractors, but stick with it. Um, You're not going to get any crops, so you basically have to learn to live with the mess. And I love the way that this applies to hospitality because there's a physical mess of hospitality. It's messy, it's tiring, you've got to do the washing up at half eleven at night or whenever... But unless you open up your home and do what Jesus did, which was get down in people's homes and have people over, you are not going to see the abundant crop that comes from opening your home up. And I think there's a physical mess, but I think there is an emotional mess. And so just to tell you another little embarrassing story, because what the heck, at least you feel better about yourself at the end of it all. Seven years ago, as and my husband went on a sabbatical and he met this most wonderful family in Africa and um, they were missionaries and he said, I feel God's connected them to me. I think they want to come to England and they want to stay here for a month and God's going to do something amazing. So we had them to stay for a month and you'd think that I would have learned, wouldn't you? Like, Susie, you get in a panic, don't have people to stay for a month. I can remember two hours before, I don't know why it struck me two hours before they arrived, I suddenly thought, what are we doing? We can keep up a good show for two hours, but how are we going to keep up a show for a month? We're not going to keep up a show. They are going to see the worst of us. I had three three kids. They are absolutely going to see the worst of us. And what made it worse is this family are just gorgeous and amazing, like godly people and basically tapped into every single insecurity that I have you know when you like it's okay to have someone in your home that makes you you feel better about yourself but when people come in your home and you're like everything you do makes they didn't do anything wrong let me just make that very clear they're lovely and great but when you have people come in and you're like oh I just feel it tapped in because this is why it's important if our identity isn't in Jesus then we do stuff like this don't we to make us feel better and I had to learn I was like by the end of it went through that month of having them there I remember feeling jealous resentful insecure so much so because I like you just do you just feel like that when people are around you don't you you just feel like What's going on? And, and But what I'm trying to say is it was messy emotionally. It was a messy month. Sometimes I had to like leave the house because I was so worked up. But why I'm saying that is because 
It's not just the physical mess, it's the emotional mess that when you let people into your lives. And God puts people into our lives. The Bible also says in Proverbs that iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And we think, oh, that's great, God, I want you to sharpen my faith. And then when it happens, it hurts. Because it sharpening is, is a painful thing. But what happens is he puts those people in our lives and we learn stuff about ourselves, we learn stuff about them, and we... And we kind of rub one another up the wrong way but that is the family of God that's why we need it and that was an example of those those coming I've got my notes all in the muddle those people coming um is such an example of yeah it was physically messy because he was a big American guy who loved coffee and everywhere he went he left a coffee thing and I'd be like coffee everywhere um but and he was and they were you know big and noisy in our quiet little street it was just like it was just like physically noisy, emotionally messy, like me struggling with all my insecurities and all the rest of it. But the crops, you remember that proverb, abundant crops comes where there is mess. The crops that came from that visit and I think are still coming from that visit because when God brings people into our homes and our lives, and this is what I suppose I just want to finish by encouraging you, is when God brings people into our lives and our homes, there is so much blessing that comes. It's painful. It's messy, it's awkward, it's embarrassing, but he wants to bring blessing. And um, I just, it, finally finishing with a story of Abraham and Sarah in, 18, in Genesis 18, it says that Abraham was sitting in the heat of the day. Um, it was a time when he could have been enjoying the cool and comfort of his own home. And it says that some strangers just turned up in front of him. And he jumped up and welcomed them and arranged for his food to be shared. And then when they were in his home, they prophesied over him and Sarah that they were going to have a son. And and then it says that Sarah was listening at the door and she laughed. And I was thinking that must have been quite painful for Sarah, mustn't it? She's got all this pain from her past and her background. And then they're prophesying and she's had to get the food ready. It says Abraham said, oh, can you go and prepare this food? And then she's listening and she must have been like... It was painful, but then the pain from that brought so much blessing for her, for her, for generations to come. And, and, that, and another, um, just this, I, I mean, I've, there's so many stories you could go on and on and on, but there's families that my parents have invested in like 40 years ago that they showed hospitality to, that we now, my children are reaping the benefit of, if that makes sense. So people that they showed hospitality, and they would have had no clue that when they opened their doors to those people, had them in and out of their house, week in, week out, that their grandchildren will go on to be blessed by those families, if that makes sense. And I just think, you know, we have to remember the mess leads to the abundant crops in life. And um, I just so I just want to leave you with that. You know, don't let mess, whether it's physical or emotional, stop you from opening your heart and for welcoming the stranger. I think it, hospitality is a fight, but we're called to find out what does it look like for you. So one of the, like for me, is, is that um, just learning to be really simple, learning not to try and be like other people, learning to let other people into our mess. And um, also I think one of the things like is about if you've got children, learning to involve them. So I made the mistake of feeling like they all needed to be in their best behaviour. What a mistake, because kids are such a blessing. And Alia, before you go, my lovely, I was saying, wasn't I, on the way up here, Alia said to me, can you come to lunch, Susie? So you can go now, sorry. (laughs) I just wanted you to know. It was such a blessing, because our children are often 
like so much more hospitable than we are and our children open the path don't they for us to make connections I think of people that I've got to meet because of our children and I just say don't do what I did and try and squash the kids but try and involve them in it try and find out let the mess happen because that God wants to use you and your connections and with that um, I think God builds one of uh, someone that uh, my husband reads a lot of stuff and I, I forgot to get all the different um, references of what he's been reading but I can forward it on to you but one of the things he's been reading is how do we make sure we build our households and build them well and this guy had done a lot of research and he said one of the best ways to make sure you're building your home well is to um, do stuff together as a family it's so easy to be independent and one of the things he said was to make sure a family stay strong is to do hospitality together and I thought that was so interesting and I've seen it with my kids when they're on board you know they're all getting involved encourage them nurture them they they know what you know what's what and finding out ways to let them do what they need to do um I think are we finished or I don't know I don't know how long I just just tell you so like about about our street for example, because I know Gordon said mentioned different things with the neighbours. And um, again, just finding ways to be hospitable in outside kind of ways. I don't know what sort of church background you're on from. So, like I said, my background was invite people back after church, make it nice, you know, all that kind of thing. But different people have different expectations. But one of the things we felt called to when we moved to our street was just to try and find ways to connect with our neighbours. And uh, it's amazing how anything you do to, is so appreciated by people. So again, like I say, it's not, um, we're not, we're really not very fancy in it, but we've just tried to have neighbours over once a year at Christmas. We say everybody brings stuff and they all come round. And what's fascinating is we were the first people to the street and there are people that lived in that street far longer than we had. But they said, no one's ever done this before. And it's amazing because they've loved it. And then we've been there 11 years now. And over the years, we've seen now different connections. So like next week for Jubilee, we're going to have a little street party and stuff. But it just comes from opening ourselves up and being vulnerable and getting the kids on board with whatever what it looks like. And I, I think that's the most powerful thing that God wants to encourage us, encourage you guys with. Which, I, I mean, that was the other funny thing. When you guys asked me to come and talk about hospitality, I was like... I can learn a trick or two from Gordon and Natalie about hospitality. I know whenever times we've been up here, you've all been so hospitable. And I love the way you you laughed about having barbecues earlier. I love the way you do barbecues because it's just so simple, isn't it? And just so like, come round, bring your food. But it's it's not about the external. It's about knowing you're welcomed. And I think when you know you're welcomed, you don't know what that's going to lead to. So we've got another friend from Mongolia... Um, we just met on the streets one day I just I think she smiled at me and I just said hello and then I made the stupid error of saying are you from China and she said no from Mongolia and I said oh my goodness I've never met anyone from Mongolia before how exciting and just that encounter on the street and then it turns out our kids were in the same class or something at school and then she invited me into her house if you want to learn about hospitality go to some other cultures in Mongolia, this, get this right, this shows how different we are in England and how we have to change our mindset. In Mongolia, I don't know if you know, they live in these huge yurt tents and they grew up like in the rural Mongolia, so they literally lived in these huge tents because it's so big and there's no like service stations or anywhere to go. 
If you're a stranger travelling through Mongolia and you need to go and sleep or get some food, it's completely acceptable for you to go into someone's home if they're not there and help yourself to food or have a sleep in their tent. Like, it's not even... That would be... I mean, can you imagine in England if you just got home and someone had helped themselves to something? It's just so out of our mindset. But when you talk to someone from another culture, you're like, we have got so much to learn and to understand what hospitality is. So we've just, like, they were hospitable to us. To be honest, sometimes hospitality is learning to accept it as much as to give it, isn't it? They've been so hospitable. And as a result of that encounter, she became a Christian and it's just opened up so much blessing and connection across the countries. You don't know when you open your door to someone, when you invite someone back to church, you have no idea what possibilities, opportunities Jesus is going to work from that because he's a God who is far bigger than we could imagine and he takes the little bits that we offer and he works and weaves into it and creates something absolutely like unimaginable and beautiful so I just want to encourage you guys God's going to just use you and it's going to be as you already are just opening your homes up seeing who God puts in your path inviting them in not just from church but around you letting the mess happen because abundant crops will come from that mess. So, yeah, well done, guys. Amen, amen. Thank you. Be right here, Susan.